your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And hey, be a friend. Tell a friend about Locked On Leafs. Make us your first listen of the day. Uh, we're going to be joined today by my good friend, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet. Dave, what's up, pal? Just uh, inching closer and closer, closer to actual games that matter. Yes, we're one week away, finally. We're into the final week of preseason, puck drop a week today. Um, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, which is when this podcast drops. Um, but we had a preseason game uh, to talk about here last night, the Leafs and Habs getting uh, getting through one there. Uh, Leafs coming out with a 6-2 victory. Uh, tell me a couple of players that you really thought st- uh, stood out today in tonight's game. Well, an obvious one, because he scored two goals, was Nick Ritchie. Yeah. I think there is a group of people that were kind of hesitant on locking this guy into a top six role. Dude, I'm one of them. I, I'll be honest. I am one of them. Like I've talked about it on this one. I'm not so sold. I didn't want to give him that spot. I thought it was, I was going to have to see it, right? Like I want to see it to believe it, to see that if he's a top six guy, I know that last year when he was in Boston before Taylor Hall got there, he was producing uh, in the top six at a top six rate. But I was like, I don't know. Like there's some, you know, there's competition there. I don't know if I'm ready to pencil Nick Ritchie into that top spot, but I agree with you. Tonight, he really kind of somewhat took a stranglehold of that uh, that that left wing position on the top line with with Marner and Matthews. I thought him and Marner showed some good chemistry tonight. Yeah, especially on the power play, like that. That's where I think they could use a guy like that. They don't really have that big body guy that can get into those tough areas, and that's that's mainly what I. I'm expecting him to do get into those tough areas that I'm not going to say he's replacing Zach Hyman because I think him and Zach Hyman play a different style. Right. But they need a guy that's going to be willing to do those things. And I know like I've seen some of the guys that people have been putting out there to put on that top line, like, you know, Michael Bunting, some, some have put out like Ilya Mikheyev, I, I like those guys don't really like screen to me as that type of person to put with Marner and JT. They also need someone I think that can finish. They need someone with a little bit of a scoring touch. And I think Nick Ritchie ha- is a little underrated in that aspect because he hasn't played with players of the offensive capabilities that Matthews and Marner have. Yeah, that's very true. I think, you know, last year he had a little bit of a run, but I think he was online with Krejci and Craig Smith. And like I said, he was producing, and then they brought in Taylor Hall, and he moved down the lineup, and his production kind of dried up. Um, so I think he's the type of guy where if you put him with good players, he has the ability to succeed. And now he's going to have an opportunity to play with two of the best in the NHL. Like, you take a look at Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. We did a, a top 50 list here for the Locked On NHL podcast all of our podcasters in the uh, NHL network, we all ranked our players one to 50 and Matthews came in at number three 
And Marner came in, I believe, 18th, which to me was actually quite low for him. I would have had it. I had him on my list a little bit higher up, but like that's the type of caliber that Nick Ritchie's playing with. And it's almost as if they can play with anybody. <laughs> like, like honestly, just throw whoever you want there. And as, as long as they go to the net and they could be a big body and sometimes just go to the net, keep your stick on the ice and good things will happen. And that's kind of what happened tonight, right? Like, Nick Ritchie, you look at the first goal. He just went to the net. Marner had the puck on the half wall, and he just went to the net, took a, a little bit, uh, stepped to the side of the net a little bit, put his stick down, and got an easy tap into the back of the net. Like, I could see that happening quite often this year with uh, with those three. Because what I, what I feel like a lot of teams have started to do with Matthews and Marner paired together is they'll, they'll, they'll focus on those two guys and leave kind of that third guy as the one that will burn them. Like, Zach Hyman was given, I think, more scoring opportunities because he was that third option. Yeah. And sometimes you saw that he wasn't able to capitalize on those. Well, they were they were all puck watching, right? Like, everyone in Montreal – and granted, like, it's a preseason game, so oh. half of the players on the ice for Montreal aren't going to even be on the ice uh, for the regular season. Like, some of these guys are AHLers, so don't blame them for being in awe of – of Mitch Marner and what he can do because he is that special of a talent and to share an, uh, the ice with someone like that, I'm sure was a little tantalizing. So you want to make sure that you, you knew what he was doing when he had the puck. But if you watch that goal that I'm referring to, literally they were all puck watching, all staring at him. And Nick Ritchie was wide open in front of the net and he just stepped to the side an easy puck through a little bit of traffic, uh, found his stick and he redirected it to the back of the net. So, uh, you know, I, I think you're right when you say, um, when you're on a line with Marner and Matthews, that's where all the attention is going to go to. And, and especially like once Matthews gets there, like we saw last year, especially since Marner, what, like he's not the shooter when it comes to them, right? So they cheat towards Matthews a little bit. And I wonder if, uh, if, if Nick Ritchie can be any type of scoring threat, if that can even open up a little bit of ice for, for a guy like Matthews and Marner too. Yeah, and, and you kind of hope, too, that Rich, because he's a bigger body, will open up a little more space for Matthews and Martin that maybe it doesn't get afforded to them all the time. I know Hyman did a little bit of that when he went and get, got pucks, but I'm talking about more so when the physicality rate goes up, we know Nick Ritchie is not going to stand for his guys getting knocked down like they were in the past. So uh, his stat line tonight finished with two goals, eight shots on goal tonight. So he was really – Getting the uh, getting the puck onto the goal, had a hit and a block. Played 18 minutes. One of those goals, the the second of his goals, coming on the power play, and that was a nifty little goal too. Just quick little snapshot um, from kind of the bumper position. It seemed like on the power play. So another option that could be a PP2 type guy. I don't know if I could consider him on the first power play, but someone who they could toss in there on PP2, and maybe it could work. Um, Ilya Mikheyev got a run with William Nylander and John Tavares today. He's been vocal about wanting a top six role uh, with this team, and, and he's given the opportunity to compete. He did score tonight. He did. A pretty nice snipe, actually. But in your mind, has he? did he do enough tonight to kind of pry that job away from Michael Bunting, who also has had a really strong you know, camp? See, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel a little bit for Mikheyev because the timing of his, tra- you know, trade request, then the All or Nothing series comes out and we hear about his, you know, displeasure with his ice time. It's, it's unfortunate because then it feels like a lot of people feel like they're trying to spoon feed him that opportunity. 
which yes, but you also have to see what he is like in that situation. You can't just say, uh, we don't think he's ready for it and not give him the chance to prove it. So I, you know, he, he has traits that can work in that unit, but I still don't think he has the finish. You know, there was a play where he just whiffed on a pass. Like those plays there, you got to bury them. If you want to be a top six guy, you have to be able to produce. And, you know, I go back to that R nothing series. Like, you know, Kyle Dubas says, we don't expect you to be a point producer because really he hasn't shown, he's shown in bursts, but over a season, I don't think he's capable of doing it at the production that you need a top six for to be, which is why I think, a guy like Michael Bunting or even an Andre Cashy can be more of that you know, producer. And Bunting has shown that he can do those other things. So I think McKay isn't tough to get those opportunities right away, but maybe an injury happens and he's the first guy you can give that opportunity to. Yeah, I, I think he's somebody who you're right. Like as of now, I feel like I got Richie penciled in as the first line left winger and Bunting penciled in as a second line left winger. And McCabe is someone who could fit in there. Kerfoot is a guy who you could put up in there if injuries start to start to amass as well. Also Andre Cache. So there's a couple of different options that you could go with. And honestly, I just feel like I, I prefer McCabe's game as a third line player. Like that's just what I think he's a great kind of grinder. Like he's a speedy grinder and that's what I want. Someone who's relentless on both ends of the ice, somebody who's defensively responsible. You put them on a line with Kampf and possibly Cache or maybe even Kerfoot. I think I, I really appreciate what those three can complement each other as and, and make that kind of uh, defensive third line that Sheldon Keep has really been searching for since he took over uh, a couple of seasons ago. Uh, anything else that kind of stood out to you tonight or anybody else that stood out to you tonight that you want to chat about quickly? I mean, a lot of people have been bringing up the name, you know, Curtis Gabriel, just a guy that seems to endear to many Leafs fans for the things he does on the ice. I, I'm worried that people will get too attached because I think he's in tough to make the, the final roster. But I, like a guy like that, I feel like is brings those, you know, off ice elements that teams are looking for. Yeah. So I think, you know, it'd be nice to see what they do with him. If they feel like he's deserving of that extra forward role, or if they decide, I mean, you're seeing some of the cuts they're making and it seems like they're preparing those extra roles for guys that they don't expect to play a lot. Yeah. We'll, we'll go over some of these cuts uh, in just a few moments here, but when it comes to Curtis Gabriel, I'm not expecting him to make the final roster, uh, to be quite honest with you. I I think he brings a different element to this team, absolutely. Um, But he's just somebody who I'd be shocked if he got picked up. Like, he's a a throwback, like, fighter. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you saw him out there on his skates tonight. He's not uh, fleet of foot, I think would be be the nice way to say it. Like, he's not the modern-day hockey player. He's more of a throwback. You go out there lay as many hits as you can in the eight minutes of ice time that you get. And hopefully, you know, you can fire up the boys, maybe get into a little bit of a tussle like you did tonight. Um, that, that seems to be what I think Curtis Gabriel's is going to do. So maybe he's one of those guys who's somewhat on like a quote unquote taxi squad type of thing where I know we don't have an actual taxi squad this season, but someone who'll be shuffled from the AHL to the NHL, the tight on, 
you know, nights where they're playing a little bit more of a heavier team, a bit more of a tougher team, uh, like a Boston um, or like a, a Tampa Bay or, or, you know, one of those tougher teams out there. I think that would be a night where you could see them call up Curtis Gabriel and get him into the lineup. Maybe now, you know, when you got Ryan Reeves roaming out there with the New York Rangers, um, I think that's more so where we're going to see him. I, I saw some chatter online. You're right. Some guys getting pretty, pretty endeared to him and they're attached. And I think they're going to be a little upset when I'm assuming he gets cut eventually and ends up playing um, a more of a, a full-time role with the Marlies as opposed to with the Maple Leafs. Um, Brendan Minnell scored uh, tonight, had two points few hits uh, I thought that he looked pretty good actually a couple of points on the power play as well so he's someone who's kind of vying for that seventh spot or that injury call-up type of spot someone who played in the KHL a year ago and is really trying to to get back into North America and and I thought that he had a good showing tonight um and, and I'll be curious to see if he gets another look here uh Gusev got an assist but actually he was released from his PTO today um so that's some news that we'll get to in, in a couple of moments. Uh, what what didn't you like? Is there anything tonight that kind of uh, you didn't like, or you know, we're and not everything's going to be gravy. Although a six two win where you outshoot your opponents like forty to twenty, it, it, was, it was a pretty good butt whooping that the Maple Leafs laid on uh, on the Montreal Canadiens. But again, it's preseason. Right. So let's not, you know, let's just temper expectations a little bit, but was there anything that you, any plays, any specific players where you thought, nah, could have given a little bit more effort tonight. I mean, the first period was kind of all over the place. I'm sure that's something Shelton Keefe is going to want to, you know, really hone down with these guys and try to avoid too much of those swings. Cause you know, Montreal will take those. Um, but other than that, like, I have such a hard time critiquing when it's, not the full roster out there. Fair enough. And the NHL guys that were in there look good. I think that's a good thing. Maybe you want to see Morazic play a little bit better. But other than that, he looked okay after the along the first two goals. Yeah, I thought like definitely I can't remember if it was a first or the second goal, but one of them I was like, ah, you could have had that. Like that that's probably one you want to get back. Um didn't look as sharp tonight as he had uh, in his previous couple of starts. I mean, he was coming off, uh, what, a shutout against Ottawa before? So, I mean, he looked pretty good in his last game that he played. But, yeah, I think I think for the most part, you got to be pretty happy with the effort um, that the Leafs gave tonight, and especially the guys who we expect to be on the roster. A nice, uh, a nice probably not the final tune-up for these guys, but they might get one more game, uh, one more game under under the belt. Uh, but there were some cuts that were made today. Uh, so we'll take a quick break. When we get back, we'll chat about those cuts um, in just a moment. You're listening to the Locked on Lease podcast. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of this show. Just a reminder that this is a daily Maple Leafs podcast. And make sure that you Sign up and uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Make us your first listen of the day. So, yeah, Leafs with a 6-2 win over Montreal last night. And before the game, there were some cuts. And after the game, there were some cuts. Um, we'll start with Nikita Gusev, though, actually, because he got released from his PTO. He was someone who came in here and 
I, I mean, I think he was somewhat battling for one of those spots in the top six. Like if all things broke right and he had a great camp, maybe he could, you know, potentially earn one of those winger positions with, uh, with the top six, but it didn't look that great. Um, you know, he was somebody who just kind of was there. I, I didn't think he flashed much uh, and was released from his PTO today. So uh, do you have any thoughts on, on Gusev or anything to say about that? I, I think, you know, that one was Kyle Dubas trying to pull like an Alex Galchenyuk sort of deal where yeah. you look at a guy that's been bounced around to, to a few teams, maybe not utilizing him properly or not in the right situation and maybe trying to light, find that potential. But I, I just think, you know, someone like him, the, the game doesn't always translate to the NHL level or doesn't translate when you're playing in a certain role. Like, it did work in that two years ago with New Jersey. We had, like, 44 points in 60-something games. Like, yeah, that's that's pretty good. But he's he's tapered off, and I think certain coaches don't uh, don't – like like his game that much and uh yeah I, I just feel like this was just them taking a flyer and it was I didn't expect him to make the team I just felt he would have had to really like go all out and and show like his 2018 form even to have a chance speaking of flyers uh Alex Galchenyuk actually you, you brought him up he did end up getting a contract with the Arizona Coyotes off his PTO he signs a one-year league minimum deal not getting a NHL deal, though, for the Maple Leafs was Josh Hosang, but he did sign an AHL deal. Um, what, have, what have you seen from Hosang that you kind of like? I kind of like what I saw from him. The problem with, with, with Hosang is there just, there's too many – there's enough spots for him to, to make this, this NHL club, for him to make the Maple Leafs. But – Having him on the AHL roster signed to an AHL contract and somebody who, if an injury occurs in the top six, he could, you know, get shot right back up there and you can just kind of plug him right in. Like, you know, God forbid an injury occurs to like Nylander or Marner or whatever, and, and they have to miss a couple of weeks. Josh Hosang is somebody who I think might be able to come up and maybe fill a role there. Andre Kasha obviously could also move up along with Kerfoot. But, you know, he's somebody who I think – um, has said all the right things. He's done. He's looked pretty good on the ice. He's played well. And I'm glad that the, that the, the Leafs are giving him an opportunity um, with an AHL deal. And, and even he said, he said, I'm, I'm willing to take an AHL deal if that's what it takes. And, I mean, like you say, you talked about Galchenyuk, and that's exactly what he did. He went to the AHL. The Leafs have a great development staff. They worked with him. They got him to where he needed to be and eventually – you know, he got the ring, he got the call and he went up, he got a chance to play in the top six and he ran with it and he became the second line winger of this team when, when it came down to it and during the playoffs. And I thought that he played decently well. Um, and now I think Josh Hosang is a guy who wants to kind of follow in those same footsteps. Yeah. You know, the thing with Hosang is the talent has always been there. Yeah. First former first rounder. Yeah. It's the attitude, really. And I, I listened to some of the things he was saying in camp and the stories being written about him, and it seemed like getting cut from the Islanders might have been the best thing to happen to him because he got that kick in the pants that maybe he wasn't – that he needed, right? Not being in the NHL last year, being in Sweden, 
seeing how that situation's like versus the NHL, I think that really opens your mind a little bit more. And the fact that he would, as soon as he got cut from a PTO, that he signs an, an AHL deal, and we've heard him say he'll even go to the ECHL if he asks you. Like, yeah. I think that's progress in the right direction. And on the ice, we see the talent, we see the vision he has and the plays he can make. Now we need to see that, you know, in a, in a situation where you're playing in games that mean a lot. Absolutely. And, like, that was the same problem, though, that, like, Galchenyuk had. Like, it's, it's a very similar story between these two, right? Former first-round picks. The skill has been there. It's always been there. Now, Galchenyuk at least did have a 30-goal season in the NHL, whereas Hosang hasn't quite translated his skill set to the NHL quite yet. Um, but in terms of, like, being high draft picks – and having the skill and from a very young age being told like this kid's going to be really good. He has a skill set to succeed. And then just not being able to get there mentally, not getting over the, over that hump is a very similar storyline. And I'll, you know, I'll be keeping an eye on the Marlies, keeping an eye on Josh Ho saying, hopefully uh, he plays really well. And then, you know, if, if the Maple Leafs feel that he's done well enough and he can, help this club I wouldn't be shocked if at some point he does get offered uh, a two-way NHL contract yeah and I I think you know the important thing here is they do this without having to send him down on waivers because you know a team will claim him if he goes on waivers and the other thing that I think that's important here is that it's an AHL deal so you're not burning an NHL contract and having an NHL contract space where it's very uh, it's very limited, right? Because you only get 50. The Leafs are always right up there. So it's either someone's got to get traded or someone's got to get moved or maybe someone gets claimed on waivers and that's where you get the room. So I, I think the, the Leafs, they're very fortunate that he's willing to do this because now, now, yes, the Marlies become so intriguing. They have some young guys there that could benefit from playing with a guy like Hosang. And Hosang can benefit from playing with them because, you know, I think if I'm Josh Hosang, I'm not treating this as a one-year thing. Maybe if you really want to stick around, this is home for you. Take take some time. You're young. Young in most in, in some people's eyes. Maybe not as young in other people's eyes. But take the time and slowly rebuild your career. Don't try to do it on a rush because if you don't get into the right situation, you're going to start from all over again and maybe just fizzle out of the NHL. Yeah. And, I mean, Toronto kid, right? So he's, he's a local Toronto boy. It makes sense that, you know, this is where he comes back home and tries to be that reclamation project uh, for, for Toronto. Um, man, only in, uh, only in Toronto can we have a full 10-minute segment related to guys who get cut from PTOs. Like, only Toronto media can, can do that, and that's – pretty much what we just did just there so we're actually going to take one more quick break and we'll get back to the big cuts there's one one specific big name who did uh get cut from the maple leafs today that was in the running for one of those top six spots i'll tell you who that is next here on the locked on lease podcast Welcome back into the Locked On These podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program, joined alongside by Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet. And we're just going through uh, some of the cuts that were made today. Got 
uh, a couple of emails from Lease PR notifying media that there were some cuts made from camp today. Uh, they just finished up their back-to-back yesterday, and uh, a good portion of those players were actually cut. Um, I'll go through the whole list in just one moment because I need to stall now because I had it pulled up on my uh, on my laptop, and then I ended up actually getting out of it. And this is what real media people do. They don't know things. They just talk randomly until they finally pull it up. So I have finally pulled it up here, pulling the curtain there. I see you laughing. Uh, <laughs> so these were the players that were uh, assigned uh, to the Toronto Marlies, who, by the way, started a brand, uh, started their season today, started their training camp today, which is another big reason why today cuts were made. So Mikhail Abramov, Joey Dushik, uh, Noel Hoffenmeyer, Timu Kivahame, Jack Kopaka, Jeremy McKenna, and most notably, Nick Robertson, cut by the Maple Leafs pretty early on. Uh, your thoughts on this one, Dave? I'm not surprised, actually. I know some people will probably feel a little bit surprised. But, but are you surprised that he was cut so early? Like, I'm not surprised that he was cut. I figured he wasn't going to make the roster. But I thought that he would at least get, like, another game and, and take it all the way down to the, the end here. Maybe. I, I feel like it's also maybe just a little bit of a message to him, right? Because if you feel that he's just not there mm. and you're you're – like do you, I know that you want to try to get as much out of them and they'll they've talked about how they were they didn't like how they cut him too early in his first NHL training camp and they felt yeah. they should have had him longer. But if you if you're convinced that his path is always gonna be with the Marlies, get him started with that coaching staff when you like as soon as they can, right? So then he knows what he needs to work on with the Marlies because really in at training camp you're you're preparing guys for the NHL, right? And trying to see who's ready for the NHL. If he's not ready, get him going with the guys that are going to get him to the NHL. Well, what is it about Nick Robertson that you think is holding him back from establishing himself as an NHLer right now? Like, I remember back in the bubble, he was given every opportunity. Like when they all came back from from the first shutdown from COVID, came back in the playoff bubble, and they've had to play against Columbus. That was after Nick Robertson's rookie season. That was his rookie year, uh, rookie draft plus one year. He just put up like 50 goals in the OHL and then was brought to the training camp bubble and actually made the team out of that bubble and then was given an opportunity as a 19-year-old in his draft year to play playoff games. And then he really hasn't quite lived up to that expectation that I think he set on himself by getting that early NHL experience. What is it about his game that you think he needs to take to the next level in order to establish himself in the NHL. Like the thing is, we know that he has offensive instincts. He has those, you know, the ability to plot goals and things like that. I just think they want him to, to kind of have a more all round game, right? You know, whether it's penalty killing, whether it's, you know, a bit of skating things that, you know, things with his skating that they want him to work on, you know, those are things that, you know, you can't be working on every day in the NHL because you got to be working on other things, right? So um, I, I just think that he he needs to establish himself as a top six guy with the Leafs. I, I feel like if you're going to use him, put him in the place where he's going to succeed the most. Don't put him in a fourth-line role. 
Don't put him in the defensive situation because that's not what you drafted him to be. That's not what you're developing him to be. Yeah, you want him to be defensively reliable. You want him to do some of those other things. But primarily, you want him to reach his full potential as a top six guy. Well, unfortunately, as we talked at the beginning of the show, there's kind of a bit of a logjam of guys trying to make their way to the top six that kind of have established the rules a little bit more than I think Robertson has. Because I haven't really seen him establish a particular role for himself as an NHL player. So he's got to work on that at the AHL level. Yeah, I yeah, I I think I would agree with that. Um, and he's going to get an opportunity to to do just that this season. Um, I'm sure once there's a, an injury in the top six, he's going to be one of the guys. If he's playing well down in the Marlies, he's going to be able to come up because he's he's going to be waiver waiver exempt. So if he has an opportunity to come up and play some top six minutes and get back into the NHL and you know get a look see and see how his development's going, I think the Leafs will definitely jump on that. Um, so we'll, we'll see how much, how long before Nick Robertson gets himself back into the lineup. But I I was just a little bit surprised that it happened like this quickly, but like you said, it does make a little bit of sense. If you figured like you're going through the roster, you're going through your depth charts and you're saying it's very unlikely that, that Nick Robertson makes this team. Let's send him back down to the Marlies and get him going for the start of camp there. So he can develop that chemistry with those teammates and that coaching staff. So I suppose I get it to an extent, um, but I just wish I would have been able to see him play, you know, one more game. Get, you kind of get that one, uh, one last glimpse of him at some point here in the final week of the, of the, uh, of the preseason. Um, so after today's game, though, there was another round of cuts. Uh, SDA, Simeon Der Arguchintev, um, he was cut. Mac Hollowell was cut. Uh, local boy for me, local Niagara kid. Uh, Eric Colgren gone, as well as Christians Rubens. Um, so none of those surprised me. I guess SDA is the biggest name, but none of these we expected to uh, to really make the the main club, the main roster. Um, anyways, Nikita Gusev also released from his PTO after tonight's game. So that's, I guess, the latest on what's going on with the roster in terms of training camp. Um, and then I guess the last thing that I guess we'll chat about quickly is just Austin Matthews. And it seems like uh, like he's getting pretty close to, to returning. It sounds like he's progressing really well with his wrist injury. He's been practicing with the club the last couple of days. I believe, is he in contact drills now? Yeah, he started contract drills uh, yesterday. I believe it was yesterday and he's kind of, he's kind of, they were saying he's pushing to do more than what the Leafs had anticipated him doing. So I think that's a good step because usually when a guy is doing like a wrist injury, they're very cautious and they don't want to push it too hard and re-aggravate because wrist injuries can be so, especially to a guy like Austin Matthews where his hands are his gift. Right. That's everything. That's everything to him. So I think it's comforting that he, it's good to know that he has that comfort level to do more and to push for more because, as you said, we're a week away from the season. He's getting those reps, but, you know, you need, we need to see more of it because, you know, you don't want him to have too much rust off the start where it starts to frustrate him that things aren't going his way and he's kind of slowly coming back. I think this kind of the timetable has worked, I think kind of how they anticipated it to, because I know they were running it a little close 
till the start of the season when he got that surgery. I uh, actually just realized that there's only one preseason game left. For some reason, I thought there was two, but I obviously was just including the one that had just gotten played. So I think I was looking it up yesterday. Um, so there's only one preseason game left. Uh, yeah, because it was the back-to-back. You're right. Uh, so there's just one preseason game left, which I guess now does make a little bit more sense for Nick Robertson and why he got cut because they're probably not going to play him. They're probably going to play more so their actual roster. Do you think that the Leafs will give Austin Matthews the option to play or not based on his health? Or if you're Toronto, you say, nope, don't even chance it. Just wait until next Wednesday and game one, you'll be fully ready to go. No, not a chance we're risking this one. Or you think maybe he can convince them to give him one game. I, I, this is such a tough one. I think this is probably one of the bigger decisions that the coaching staff and medical staff and Austin Matthews will have to make. I, I think if you can, you can manage his minutes in preseason because I think you can add an, a 13th forward or an extra forward. So you can kind of manage those minutes a little bit, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to them giving him that, that preseason game just to kind of ease him into it and that he's not. No, kind of going into that first game with those I, with those question marks. Yeah, I don't do it. I don't do it. If if I'm Sheldon Keith, I tell him like, no, we're we're not gonna chance it. Like you'll you'll be fine. Um, you've been practicing. You look good in practice. You will be 100 fine. Even you at 75 percent is better than a majority of NHLers <laughs> in the league. And we've seen but that too. Yes, 100. Absolutely, we've seen that. Like Austin Matthews at 75 percent is better than 75 percent in the league. It just is what it is. So I, I don't think I chance it. I think you give him even that, that little bit of extra days off. Um, and then we really get to see him in action uh, next Wednesday, a week from today when uh, the Maple Leafs drop the puck with the Montreal Canadiens for game one of the season. Um, did I miss any other news? Actually, really quickly, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But uh, it sounds like you have, based on the couple of times that you've brought up uh, the all or nothing. So I'm not going to ask you to rate or review it. Uh, I'm going to ask you to review it for me quite yet because that is on my list for this, this weekend. The Thanksgiving weekend, that is what I am binging. So what I want to know about it is give me just like your rating of it. One to ten, what would you give it? Oh, that's a good one. I, you know, I, I've watched a few of these all or nothings. Like this isn't the first time I've watched it. So even to compare it to the other ones, I'm going to give it a six. Have you seen the whole thing? I've seen the whole thing. I finished it. Uh, I finished it on Monday. So I'm, it's pretty fresh. I didn't binge it all. Cause I didn't want to do that. I kind of wanted to. Well, you watch like 10 hours of content in a couple of days. That's pretty bingy, if you ask me. Well, yeah, because it came out Friday because I watched one episode. Like, it, it, I kind of spread over from Friday. I worked during the day, so I need to kind of have something on. And I, I did, and I was kind of, and it's only five episodes, right? So it's easier to break down a five episode chain in a, in what, four days? So finish, I did two, finish the last two on Monday night. Um, yeah, I would give it a six. I'm not going to, you know, spoil anything for you, but they're the, the best things about it are what they get behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, the well, things that's that the they point of it, right? Yeah. Right. And that's what I watched it for the, the raw moments, not the stuff that's 
been edited and you know those interviews that have been you know cut and kind of i wouldn't say manipulated but have been vetted a little bit right yeah. you know that these things aren't 100 percent true um so i just kind of watched it for the raw moments and the raw moments are thing what push it up a bit more but other than that like there's there's things there that you're just like eh there could have been a little bit dive a little bit more into this or that or things were kind of, it's kind of also weird how they've how they did it they did it a little differently how they outlined it versus past all or nothing so mm-hmm. expectations were my expectations weren't high and the i i just feel like it didn't it didn't hit the mark totally but it wasn't as bad a thing as i've seen other people review it Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm still going to watch it. Even if he gave it a two out of 10, I, I still plan on watching it. I will watch it. Um, I eat that stuff up like all the time. <laughs> like my favorite videos to watch on YouTube sometimes are just like behind the scenes at the draft table, like those conversations at the draft table or behind the scenes trade deadline. Like those are my favorite videos that I love to watch. Like you, I remember watching this, uh, this one video behind the scenes, I think it was what the 2009 draft and it was Brian Burke and it was like him and uh, Murray just talking about who they were going to take. And I think it was when he took Kadri and he was like, who is Kadri the guy you were going to pick? Cause Murray wanted to trade up. And he was like, yeah, we're taking him." He's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and that was, that was the end of the conversation. But yeah, I love that kind of behind the scenes access type of stuff. I eat it up. So I'm sure that I'm going to enjoy the series. If you guys have seen it and enjoyed it, um, let me know your thoughts on it. Hit me up on Twitter at making the score Canuck, um, you know, and ask me any questions you want about the Maple Leafs too. I like to get social and answer the questions on the pod for you. So you can hit me up and ask me anything there. Um, all right, Dave, really appreciate you joining me today. That was a lot of fun. Um, one more game, one more game of preseason action will be this Saturday when the Maple Leafs take on the Ottawa Senators, and it will look a lot more like what opening night's roster will look like. I can guarantee that. I think so. And it will be, I know a lot of people are, it's funny talking to a lot of people, a lot of people who are turned off on this team right now. I am very curious if they, if that remains the case when I talk to these people in about a month or so. Um, but I, I think right now there's some damage controlled Leafs. They're, the Leafs have to damage a lot of broken hearts right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And many of which probably are the ones that are listening to this podcast right now. Um, that's a new for us here today on the show. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to Locked On Leafs on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. That's right, daily, Monday to Friday, each and every morning, I deliver a brand new All Leafs podcast. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. We are getting down to the nitty-gritty. I think it's time for me to do another uh, depth chart mock, like a mock depth chart. I think that's what we're going to do tomorrow. So make sure that you, you check back in as we uh, I unveil my mock depth chart 2.0. Uh, but until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.